So, uh, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 369 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. Nice. I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> Fantastic. I played Overwatch for the first time in like five oh, months. Because yeah. I was I was gone without access to a personal computer device. Uh-huh. Gaming Windows. Yeah. Gaming PC, thank you. Yeah. And so I played Overwatch for about seven hours today. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And um I ended exactly where I started, SR wise. <laughs> so seven hours well spent. Hard I consider to say. that a win, man. That's like <laughs> it's like going to the casino and breaking even. Like that's that's a good yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. God, that game is so fun. Jealous. I my work setup has taken over my gaming desk and I basically don't have a gaming PC setup anymore. I still have my PlayStation and Xbox hooked up to the TV, so play those but yeah no more pc gaming for marshall and i need to figure something out for when cyberpunk comes out in here in a few weeks because that's going to be important uh you're going to need another desk i guess right a work desk and a game desk yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do man play on a console lol oh (laughs) you (laughs) no don't do that (laughs) all right should we get into it yeah let's do it all right we got a couple uh Golden Ratio supporters this week making the show possible as always. Huge shout out to Curiosity Stream. Curiosity Stream lets you learn about any topic. It's the first on-demand documentary streaming service. There is always something new to learn with thousands of award-winning documentaries. To get started, go to curiositystream.com/design and you can sign up for a year of streaming for just 14.99. Thank you Curiosity Stream. We're also supported this week by Float. Float has been a lifeline for teams working remotely in uh, the year of COVID, 2020, this long one, the year that was 10 years. <laughs> but luckily, teams have Float. Float lets you keep your team working on schedule and up to date about when and where you are working. It is just a resource planner for the remote age. Learn more at float.com slash design details. Thank you, Float. Thank you. We also have some new VIPs this week. Huge shout out to our very important pixels, Jorn, Yorn. I'm going to go Yorn. Yeah. Uh, J, but just the letter. Maybe it's Y. Yeah. Because if Jorn is Yorn, then maybe this is just Y. Yeah. Thank you, Y. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Braden Sweeten and longtime friend of the pod, Alteric Ingram, uh, Al. Previous guest on the show, episode one hundred and twenty-eight. Nice. Al was on that episode a good with, number uh, too. with Ben Mingo called "I Call Shotgun." That was a long, long time ago, and yeah, nice round number. So, uh, welcome to the fam, Al. Welcome. If you didn't know, we're a listener-supported show, which means that listeners like you make this show possible every week. It pays for our software, our equipment, and the time it takes to put the show together every week. Uh, we're on Patreon at patreon.com/slash/design-details. If you go there, you can support us for just a dollar a month. We wanted to make it really approachable and accessible for everyone. And when you support us, you'll get access to a supporter-only segment called the Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Uh, it's like a basically like half the episode, usually every <laughs> yeah. week. It's like an extra listener question, an extra cool thing, a design tip, or a story from Marshall and I's sort of day-to-day work. 
Today, we talked about the latest Apple event. We talked about the HomePod Mini, the iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro. We talked about our wish list. We talked about what MagSafe means for the ecosystem and the weird transition we're in for USB-C. All this stuff and more. So if you want some Apple hot takes, that will be more than half of today's episode. So if you want to hear that plus full episodes of the show going forward, consider supporting us. That's at patreon.com slash design details. All right, let's do a little bit of follow-up here. Okay, yeah. First follow-up tweet comes from Gavin Nelson. Gavin says, how does everyone organize their product design Figma files? I was trying the GitHub approach that Brian talked about on design details episode 340, but I hit Figma's two gigabyte file limit. So that's a massive ass file. Yeah. My response, I couldn't actually remember what we said in that. I guess I was like six months ago now. But the way we have it working on our very small team at GitHub, uh, the mobile team, <laughs> very small. Mm-hmm. So disclaimer is we have a file per release generally and then a page within that file for each feature of the release. I think that might start changing. We're sort of changing our release process to be fewer big chunky releases and more smaller scoped like individual feature releases. So we might change this to be like a file per feature, which is probably what more people are used to. But when we have like a big, you know, version 1.3 contains these 10 features, we just have a single file for that. iOS mocks go in there, Android mocks go in there. Uh, you just have a page per feature where all that work is sort of spread out. And then of course we have like a, a scrap page where we just dump a bunch of shit. Is that additive? So it's everything that you've released in previous releases plus the stuff from this release? Nope, just just the stuff for this release. Okay, just the diff. So that means that over time, your files get out of date. And you know, if you go back to your 1.1 file, it's going to contain a bunch of stuff that is super old. But I guess that's the nature of working in any way. Like Stuff gets old, it just becomes kind of a nice little archive of the state of the application during uh, that period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is why as part of our design system, we offer like key screens. So for those major screens that you would want to just drag and drop and then add stuff to, those are always available separate from files as part of like the design system. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Another little piece of follow-up. So I, I think this is the final portion of the trilogy of transcripts, Brian. So we've made the decision. We're going to start making these transcripts available. This will be the first episode where the transcript will be available. Upon release of the episode, it'll be up on our GitHub. I'll, I'll paste in a raw version of that transcript for those of you to edit and make pull requests on and all that stuff. So look for that. We'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll follow up on people's emails and DMs who we haven't gotten back to, but yeah. So this will be on GitHub and uh, still TBD exactly how I'm going to get this on the website, but let's get it on GitHub for now so that we can start doing it. So if you want to check that out, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes to our repo. Cool. Tweets? Yes, tweets. All right, we had a tweet this week from Marvin who says, I'm doing a work journal every day for some weeks now, and it feels so great. It's a brilliant way to, one, document what you're working on throughout the day, and two, look back at what you've accomplished. Thanks for the recommendations. Credits to Marshall Bach. That's nice. Yeah, man, it's so good. Work journaling is great. I I admit I have missed some days, but I generally keep it up. I'm hitting like maybe three days a week, and sometimes I just forget, or I like have a day where I don't have meetings, which is also uh, a reason for me to, to miss a day. Yeah, you're going to miss days, but you should be missing days because you didn't have anything to write down rather than you had so much to do that you didn't write down anything. <laughs> that's the yeah, main thing. Yeah, so that's awesome. Glad it's working for you, Marvin. Yeah. All right, main topic. 
This one, let's see where the conversation takes us. So Daniel Burka, friend of the pod, tweeted on October 16th, says, the current culture of design is weird. And then he has a list of uh, examples first. I designed an icon with a gradient fill. Everyone loses their shit. (laughs) I wrote a book explaining a design process. Polite clapping. Mm -hmm. We spent three years designing a voting system used by millions and Crickets. crickets. Yeah. And this is true, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think just look at design Twitter, watch what gets engagement and what doesn't. And it's basically this it's like the small, digestible visual things get lots of attention. The deeper systemic changes at a large organization or a startup that requires like context and, and reading a, a case study. Not as much attention. You're not going to get yep. that many likes or retweets if that's what your your thing is. It's not sexy. And so, yeah, I thought we could just talk about this because I think that part of the culture is weird, but I'm also, I, I feel like it's not exactly the culture. That's like the culture of social media, which is hmm. the small digestible headlines get more attention than the thought, a well thought out long form article, right? So it's not design, it's just social media. If there's a picture or a GIF, I can see it in two seconds, digest it, absorb it, like it or not, versus seeing a link to a long thing or something that requires me to have background context, I'm more likely to just scroll past it. And I think, you know, it's not great that we exist in that world, but it seems to be sort of the state of social media and the way we consume information. So Mm-hmm. I don't know. How did this tweet and and I guess my follow up explanation? How does that strike you? Yeah, I mean this this feels accurate, especially with the caveat of like the the context of it that you provided. Yeah, I mean it's a huge bummer, man. Like I f- I feel like it's the same thing that happens elsewhere. It's like you know, the bumper stickerization of everything, right? Like. Mm. What is digestible is rewarded and and what requires more depth is usually overlooked. This sort of reminded me of just a problem with not even tweeting about work, but like even sharing work internally. I think that this exists within an organization. Like if you share a flashy two-second prototype that you made in origami, but it's got a really cool animation and emojis and all this mm-hmm. stuff, it seems to get a lot more attention than you know an internal case study or, or a deck that requires reading and thinking. Mm-hmm. And so that just made me think that when I'm solving for that problem internally, what's really important is to bring people along for the ride, which means... Uh, usually spreading this kind of achievement or work or milestone out over a longer period of time so that people can sort of catch up to where you are with small digestible chunks of information. So Mm -hmm. rather than waiting an entire year and then just dropping this big bomb design of like, look at this huge system we made and it solves all these problems, click here to read more and you have to like have paragraphs of background context. Instead, if you can break that up throughout whatever, this year, and you have smaller ships, you have regular sort of context setting moments. I'm balancing like the internal and external thing here, but I think it's all the same. Like, how can you just bring people along for the ride so that when the big moments happen, they already have this sort of story playing out in the back of their head about what you've been working on, the thought that's gone into it, the progress of it. They've seen some moments of evolution. And I think if you do that, there will be a bigger response. And I know that this is true because, you know, the second example that Berka mentioned was like 
writing a book explaining a design process gets polite clapping, but I have seen people publish books that get wild response on social media. And what seems to be true about those moments is the people who wrote those books brought people along through the ride. They they tweeted that they were going to write a book. They started tweeting out the titles of chapters. They would share snippets of their work in progress. They would you know tweet on a Saturday that they're doing editing. They would like add all of these moments up over time so that when the book comes out, people understand what it took to get there. And they're very excited for that moment. And And I think you can be very successful on social media with those big splashes if you've done the work ahead of time. Yeah, you get people invested. Yeah. Yeah, this is something I've seen slightly related. Uh, indie game developers on YouTube will put up you know weekly or monthly updates kind of summarizing everything that they've done showing the advancements that they've made and there are a few games that are in development that I'm actively watching you know as they go along and when they come out I'll buy them cuz like I'm invested I'm I'm here for the development I feel like I'm part of the process even though I'm just watching there's something very human about seeing process right and like mm-hmm. when people are transparent about that that's that's why I think designers love to see sort of mocks and prototypes and nerds and developers love to see release notes it's like we like getting mm-hmm. this peek behind the curtain and trying to discern strategy and and predict what the next move will be and doing all of that, yeah, it builds people's investment in your work and makes it exciting. People look forward to that next moment. Like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Becomes like a story. So yeah, I, those are my thoughts on this tweet. And and there's, of course, a whole other sort of sphere of context here, which is just that I think, you know, on social media, people have very short attention spans. And the work does fall on designers to capture that attention uh, if they're trying to tweet something important or talk about some big system or something that is, I don't know, more in-depth. I'm trying to, I'm lacking the words here, but something that just requires more work to communicate. It's up to the designer to communicate in that in a way that is digestible and understandable and will catch people where they have a short attention span, but they're sort of pulled in. And usually I find this happening with people that will have some sort of like provocative opening statement then they'll say you know thread colon and then the mm-hmm. rest of the the tweets fall into that thread and that's a way to wow. to get yep. people to at least have that initial engagement they tap into the tweet now they're viewing the thread now perhaps they're more willing to go through those bite-sized chunks and and get the bigger picture versus trying to capture all of that in like one tweet it ends up probably sounding a little more marketing speak or it might be too many characters and people kind of glance by it mm-hmm. so I think there's that, like if you want to have social media impact, you need to design your tweets to account for the way people uh, reward content on social media. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the last thing that came to mind for me was just the really practical nature. Like I think what Daniel said is frustrating that so much of the attention and, and social media accolades go to the simple visual stuff. But that's also kind of the nature of humans, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at a GIF or pretty pixels is so much more accessible and visceral and satisfying mm-hmm. than an invisible system. Which, of course, designers, we want to work on those really cool systems that take a ton of work to put together. They're, they're beautiful in their architecture, but there's, there's like an invisibleness to it. Like it's hard to communicate the work that goes into a system versus 
the work that went into making a gradient look really nice. Yeah. Can I can I draw another parallel here, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Hit me. So my other thing that I really like is movies. And this is how awards are given out in award season for movies. Like all the actors and directors, they get on the main stage during the show. That part gets televised. But like all the screenwriters and sound designers, like they get their awards on a stage, like in a, in a ballroom in a hotel, you know, and that's not televised at all. Like nobody hears about that or celebrates it or anything. It's very important for those people, but like no one cares about it. Everybody just cares about the pretty actors and, and the director. Right. Yeah. So not, not surprising at all. <laughs> this is, this is kind of how humans work. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we can just leave it there. I would say the tweet is true, but there are things that designers can do to counteract it, which we've talked about. And then I think the parallel to like sharing this work externally on Twitter, it it mirrors what you have to do internally as well to get people excited in your work. And so there's a lot to learn from from reading this. Like how can I make it so that people are excited when I do this big system-y stuff? Well, Mm -hmm. bring them along for the ride. I think that's kind of the nice summary. Very much agree. All right. You want to do cool things? Yeah, that was a fun ride, Brian. Let's uh, let's do cool things. You can go first. Okay. Uh, my cool thing this week is a YouTube channel. I'm pulling a Marshall here. Yeah. Uh, Marshall, I am a fan of the MMORPG genre mm-hmm. of video games, uh-huh. computer games. And there is this YouTuber call, who calls himself the Lazy Peon. And his channel is just devoted to reviewing and giving first impressions of and sharing gameplay uh, clips of MMORPGs. And I didn't realize how expansive and deep this community goes. Like, there's so many games that I'd never heard of that have hundreds of thousands or millions of players, which blows my mind. Like, I feel like I'm kind of plugged into what's popular but apparently, like in these particular niches of gaming, I just have no idea what the hell's going on. And so I like this genre, but I obviously don't have time to play every MMORPG. They tend to be big time sinks and you need to uh-huh. put in lots and lots of hours. Yes. So this channel has been really nice for me to sort of get the hit of MMORPGs in like a 30-minute review video. And I can just watch him basically montage his way through some levels and then he gives some pros and cons. And he's like a really dry, sarcastic YouTuber Okay. with the way he cuts and edits. So I guess some people <laughs> might find it boring, but I find it very entertaining and, and he's, he's a funny guy. So uh, if anyone else who's listening is into MMORPGs but doesn't have the time to play them, or I guess if you have the time to play them, you're just looking for a good one, uh, he reviews a lot of them. And so that's the Lazy Peon link to the channel will be in the show notes. Cool. All right. Hit me. All right, my cool thing this week is an album. Oh. Are are you familiar with Joji, Brian? No, but I have uh clicked on your link in our prep notes and I've never heard of this person. Okay. Person? So, group? Person. Yeah, person. So so Joji started on YouTube. He had a channel where he had characters. It was basically like super immature trolley stuff, but like uh, he had these characters like Pink Guy and Filthy Frank. I'm not sure if you've heard of either of those. It's like super nope. cringy. Yeah, it, don't don't watch it. It's stupid. But since then, he has started to develop a music career. And I think he even made an album as Pink Guy. It was just a bunch of really stupid like mumble rap songs or something. But um, <laughs> okay. But he released an EP called In Tongues, which was really really good. And I was super surprised. I I. 
you know, tangentially knew about him through the pink eye stuff and all that. And like, I, I was aware of his existence, but when he came out with this album, I was like, okay, what's this going to be? And it was really good. And since then he's come out with some more stuff. He came out with uh, his first full length album called ballads one, but his new album is called nectar and it's very, very, very good. Brian, I've had it on mm. repeat since it came out a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to like make sure it was good before I recommend it as a cool thing. Uh, it's a real fucking cool thing, Brian. <laughs> I'm enjoying it very Hell much. Hell yeah. All right. All right. I got it queued up. I'm uh, downloading it. He is actually a very good singer, and he flexes his falsetto on this album much more than he has previously, and it's a really good falsetto. Um, some tracks, just in case you're, if you're going to listen through. I, I think they're almost all very good there's a couple that i'm less into but the first track you ew ew is really good i love daylight and run is one of my favorite songs on the on the album mr hollywood uh high hopes there's really really good songs on this album it's like one of those that you just like listen straight through and repeat which is for me high praise because there's not a whole lot of albums that are that quality that i can listen through without yeah, yeah skipping yeah. songs so yeah nectar by joji awesome thank you cute it up i'll listen to it this week yeah let me know what you think all right cool well this has been episode 369 of the show we hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought we're on twitter at design details fm of course if you did enjoy it and you want to support us or if you want to hear the full episode and our 20-ish minute conversation about the the last apple event go to patreon.com slash design details and you can support us starting for just a dollar a month. So thank you everyone who supported us this week. If you want to hear full episodes, consider supporting us just a dollar a month. If you have a, a listener question for us, you can go to our, our repo. We'll have links scattered throughout our show notes this week because we're also going to be putting our transcripts there going forward. But feel free to ask us a listener question and we can then talk about it in a future episode. Otherwise, uh, just follow us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you at Design Details FM. And until next week, have a good one. Hasta la vista, Brian. Hasta la vista, Brian. Yeah, I like this. I'm into the theme of uh-huh. butchering foreign languages. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if it's going to make you a lot of enemies. Hmm. <laughs> I hadn't considered that angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I figured it was so obviously bad that it would appear intentional because it uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. But but also we have this stinger to to let people know. All I'm saying is the deep fakes are coming. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like it.